One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Daily Tech News Show is made possible by its listeners. Thanks to all of you, including Tony Glass, Philip Less, and Daniel Dorado. Coming up on DTNS, Trisha Hirschberger is here to give us some ideas for gifts to give the video gamer in your life, plus the social network for meeting friends for dinner, and why countries want you to work from their beaches. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, November 14th, 2022 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. From lovely Cleveland, Ohio, I'm Rich Trafalino. I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. And joining us, TV host and streamer, Trisha Hirschberger is back. Yay! Yay! Hello, everybody. Thank you for ha- for having me. I, should I say that I'm from sunny Los Angeles as well? Oh, certainly. Just to, like, round Absolutely. it out? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, so excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me back. It's good to have you. We're going to start with the quick hits. Google moved its Health Connect app out of early access and into public beta on the Play Store. Now, you may recall when this launched, it only supported Fitbit, Google Fit, and Samsung Health. It lets you kind of aggregate and sync between all of those services. Well, it's added some more integration. So now you can sync your health and fitness data from Peloton, Aura, Weight Watchers, MyFitnessPal, Flow, Lifesum, Tonal, Outdoor Active, and Prove Insight. So a lot of big names Uh, outside of maybe some of the more uh, platform-focused ones getting in on Health Connect. Reuters reports that Meta told employees Friday that it would stop developing its portal smart displays and develop smartwatches. The company already pivoted portal displays from consumer to enterprise devices, and now it's going to stop selling them altogether by the end of this year. Bloomberg had reported that Meta had already stopped work on its smartwatch in May, but now the program is officially stopped. Alibaba did not share full sales results from its singles-day shopping event for the first time, saying grandiosely that gross merchandise value was in line with last year. 2021 sales reached 540.3 billion yuan. It's about $76.1 billion, so probably still generated a lot of gross merchandise value, but they're not crowing about it. Yeah, singles-day. It's not what it used to be. It's like mm-hmm. half-day. Platformers Casey Newton's sources say that Twitter eliminated about 80% of its 5,500 contract employees over the weekend. Cuts were, are expected to impact things like content moderation and core infrastructure services. 
The buy now, pay later fintech company Klarna launched a price comparison tool in the U.S. last month, and it's now expanded that to markets in Europe, including places like the U.K. and the Nordic countries. Users will be able to shop and pay in the Klarna app, which will also show historical pricing data and recommendations. So it'll let you know, hey, maybe you should wait on buying that item or it's a good price right now. This builds on Klarna's acquisition of Price Runner, which it closed on back in April. I don't know. I get a vibe about Klarna. I could be wrong. uh, It might be something to worthwhile. Figured out the payments. Maybe the e-commerce follows. Let's talk a little more about making close friends because uh, once you're over the age of 12, (laughs) I don't know, when you're you're an adult, it gets difficult. Uh, Despite technology finding more ways to connect people, the situation hasn't improved. In fact, studies have found that it might have even gotten worse. The Survey Center on American Life found in 2021 that 12% of people in the U.S., couldn't identify a person they would call a close friend. That's up from only 3% of people surveyed saying that in 1990. Yeah, and since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've seen some dating apps trying to move into finding platonic matches as well. We've got Bumble offering a BFF feature all the way back in 2016, but that saw a huge increase in time spent on it in 2021. And Match Group acquired the South Korean social networking company HyperConnect that connects people for platonic chats. But TechCrunch just profiled an interesting new startup called 222 that says it wants to provide a way for more authentic connections. Yeah, deuces wild, 222. Uh, (laughs) The service launched late last year coming out of a university-funded project that was looking into predicting social compatibility in groups of strangers. This this reminds me of all those MIT robotics programs, except it's about like connecting actual people. This led the founders to create dinner parties inviting friends of friends, but the guest lists were determined using psychological questions questionnaires fed into machine learning. Uh, The founders essentially expanded that into a service where they have you fill out a questionnaire and the algorithm will then decide like, oh, you, you should probably have dinner with these people. And they've been partnering with venues in Los Angeles to host events. Yeah, and to uh, get your algorithmic invite right now, signups are limited to those 18 to 27, at least at the moment. Rather than an app, users use a Typeform workflow, answering about 30 questions, covering everything from favorite movies, music, serial preferences, to more thorny things like political views and religious affiliation. Once you put in your info, 222 notifies you of events you've been selected for. It says that data is encrypted, but it also uses input data as part of a university social science experiment. It does disclose that. So I guess my question is, Trisha, dinner parties as a service, you interested? Um, heck yeah. I think that sounds <laughs> awesome. I, uh, I'm too old for their current age range, but if they decide to open it up a little... I would be very hyped. Like, this reminds me... So, the questionnaire portion of it reminds me of eHarmony. I'm not sure how much online dating everyone that's here did, but I did a lot of it uh, back, you know, before I I found my person. Um, And eHarmony makes you do all those... uh, Answer all those questions so that the algorithm or the matchmakers or whatever powers that be, the brain behind the service can match you up with people you might be compatible with. And I always really liked online services that were more of like a group outing anyway so there's a little less pressure on it so you can just go out meet new people that you may or may not be compatible with but you know having a little extra 
um, authority behind them thinking you'll be compatible with these people, I think could be really beneficial. However, I was just talking about this uh, on my Twitch stream yesterday, I think it was, um, where some people said that sounds like a nightmare for introverts. But could be really great if you're extroverted and looking to meet new people. Um, and with so much of us living our lives online, I think getting getting AFK every now and then to meet other people could be a great thing. I don't yeah. know. What do you guys think? I, I see people in our chat saying, like, Matt Fink, this is a horrible idea. To which I say, like, <laughs> well, you don't have to do it. It's, it's not like it's the mm-hmm. law, right? It, this is for people who are like, oh, I would like to do that. I just don't have anyone to go get dinner with. Uh, so how do I find those people? And and to be frank, it feels like it's less risky than, than dating because dating is, is heavy, right? That that's, that's a lot of other things that it's meant to lead to. Uh, whereas a dinner is just like, Oh, you know, maybe I'll make some friends. And if not, you know, no big deal. Yeah. And that was one of the things uh, in the piece, they kind of talked about like some of the health and safety aspects of this. And they're like, well, everything's in a group setting. Mm-hmm. So like you're always in a public place. Like all these are public venues that you're going to be meeting up in and you're not doing, there's no like chat interface. It's not one where you're on like, one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like you have to chat with these people or give them any of your details or anything like that. So that, that uh, removes a lot of like the creep factor that you can get on dating sites. I just think it's one thing that really stood out to me is just the fact that it, it eliminates so much of I, I, I like that tension of like, especially like moving to a new city. I know this is like one of their primary examples of just being able, because you have events like this already where you're going like, hey, we're going to go to this tasting menu, you sit at the group table, and you will usually strike up a conversation with the person next to you because you're just in proximity. And and I think like being like, okay, you're, you're still going to have this experience. You're invited to it. You don't have to go to it. The price is super low to accept it too. And taking that away, but still providing that same experience that you might otherwise enjoy. I, I'm interested in this. I don't know how they scale it, though. That's the one thing like I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head here on this. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm with you on that. I don't know how they would scale it to get it a little bit larger. Um, but I mean, I always recommend to people when they're like, how do I meet new people to go and find people you have things in common right with, right? Like go to a local book club. If you have a local gaming or hobby shop, like go play games. Um, you know, if you're into MTG or D&D or whatever, like go play games and find other people you have things in common with. So it seems to me like this service is just taking the finding people you have stuff in common with part of it off your plate for you. Yeah. So you're just going to the event. That's why I think it sounds nice. Nick, Nick with the one- C was saying, how, how is this different from meetup.com? And the difference is the algorithm, mm-hmm. right? Like it, you don't have to f- pick a meetup. You, you just go to the thing and the algorithm will have found people that are fun to be together, which that it's harder to do that. It's, it's easy to be like, I'm looking for a date, so I'm going to the bar where people look for dates. <laughs> if you say, I'm going to the bar where people look for friends, everybody's going to be like, sure you are. You're just looking for a date, right? Like this, this gives you a safe space to be like, no, no, really, this is just about friendship. And what I would say about the whole introvert aspect to it is we say it's dinner parties as a service, but each of these is catered. Like the events are catered to the audience that they are serving. It's not like oh. every single time you're going out to dinner, right? At the exact same restaurant, regardless of whether it's a group mm-hmm, of introverts mm-hmm. or it's a group of extroverts or whatever. They talked about having concerts, having quieter experiences. So I'm assuming if, if they already know that like, hey, we're going to have a bunch of people where 
uh, uh, social interaction perhaps is more more of a draining experience. It requires energy to put yourself out there. They're not going to put you in a situation where you're around thirty yeah. people. Bring the introverts together so that they don't feel pressured. Uh, is could be a, good, a really good yeah, positive you, aspect of something like this. Also, I would like to see this available for the sixty-five plus crowd. I mean, loneliness in in people as they get older is a huge problem and a health problem uh, that that has been identified. And so, making a service like this that's available for all ages, I think, is really important. Mm-hmm. Well, restofworld.org has a story up called Malaysia Built a Work-From-Home Paradise. Now it just needs people to turn up. The idea is to attract digital nomads to fill the void left by disappearances of business travelers because of the pandemic. Business travel is its own fantastic little subculture and digital nomads i guess uh has another one let's let's tap into them so in september malaysia launched a visa scheme called de ran 2 aimed at digital nomads who make twenty four thousand dollars a year or more workers in it and other all digital work can stay for up to a year with the possibility of renewal and bringing in dependents the program promotes four destinations as places with good connectivity and hospitality. Yeah, so they brought a bunch of journalists, including rest of world's uh, journalists, to the Kamar Resort on Langkawi Island. This is one of those four locations. Uh, it has good internet, lots of cafes and restaurants that take credit cards, which is important when you're traveling, uh, Visa and MasterCard. Uh, they've got service on the island from Grab for ride hailing. Uh, Air Asia flies there, so it, it shouldn't be too hard to get there. And apparently they've gotten more than 2,000 applications for the these new Malaysian visas as of early October. Lots of content creators, lots of software engineers, UX designers. Malaysia, when they talk about it publicly, is hoping to get people involved in AI and Web3 and sustainability. Uh, But, you know, they're getting people. Well, and the thing is, Malaysia isn't alone in creating special visas for digital nomads. Uh, We've got countries like Estonia, and they appear to be the first country to do so way back in 2020. If you want to do something first digital, I guess you start with Estonia. Indonesia offers a six-month permit for remote workers and a second home visa for higher earners. And then in September, Thailand began offering a digital nomad visa that offers 10-year residency and discounted tax rate for foreigners who make at least $40,000 a year. So, you know, Trish, are you tempted to pack up and, you know, move into Southeast Asia on an island somewhere soon? Um, I, you know, not quite move. I Definitely I would look into vacationing there or maybe like an, an extended couple weeks stay. But I, it's hard. That's hard for me to say because I would say about 60% of the work I do is probably digital nomad life, content creator, streamer, although it would probably be hard to bring my two desktops over there. I'd have to buy new when I got there. Uh, but the other part of the work I do is, you know, on sound stages and stuff here in Los Angeles. So I don't know that I could fully up and go. But if you are in an industry where you work from your laptop and can move anywhere, I see this actually with a lot of my um, younger cousins who are right in that 20 to 30 age range, just out of college, entrepreneurial spirits, wanting to do this digital nomad life, all living in different countries and doing it successfully. So I kind of think it's awesome that Malaysia has opened up to this. I think it's neat. What do you guys think? Are you willing to move? See, the the tourist visa gets you 90 days, right? So you can kind of go on that as it is. Although technically you're not really supposed to work or you're supposed to tell them if you're going to work and all that sort of thing. This is really like if you're willing to pack up that desktop and take it with you and, and, and be there for months, uh, they're making it easy. 
to me, it's like, I just have too many roots here to just go and do that. Uh, on the other hand, I have friends as well who do this. In fact, uh, I talked to Jen Briney, host of Congressional Dish, who is a digital nomad. She has gone to Portugal and Poland within like the last six months and spent extended amounts of time living and working in those regions. Uh, she is now back in the U.S. And she has a few reasons why she hasn't gotten to a lot of the places that we just mentioned, starting with Estonia. It's fine print says that if you want the year-long visa, you have to physically be in Estonia for, I think it was six months, something like that. So they're aiming to have people like come and stay. And it's just so far north. And I don't do winter that like six months in Estonia, I just like, I can't. The reason that we're focusing so intensely on Europe right now is because we have the dog. I know some other digital nomads and they love going to visit Indonesia and Malaysia and there's like a bunch of different places super friendly to digital nomads but they're not as friendly to little tiny eight pound dogs because you have to do quarantines and it's a whole process to bring a dog onto an island and our little pound puppy cannot handle being in a cage for more than 10 seconds without losing her mind. Yeah. So I I thought it was really interesting to hear those other considerations from somebody who is like, yeah, I'm doing this, but I'm maybe not picking those places because they haven't done the things that I need them to do yet to make it easy. Yeah. And and the other thing is, I mean, obviously, you know, digital nomad, you're probably not doing that. Like if you have young kids, I have a young family. So like, you know, a five and a four year old (laughs) that can barely get to eat a hot dog. I'm probably not like lining up. I don't care how westernized the resort is over the, you know, in, in Thailand or something like that. Get them before you have, they have to be in school though, if you're going to do it at all. Right. And then let alone the like 24 hours, like everything about it is a disaster for young families. But I will say, I know a lot of people, especially in like the IT consultant area that have done some form of digital nomad, whether it's long term or it's like we did it for a year just to you know i was in between gigs i was just doing consulting so we bought an airstream and we just drove around and stuff like that but when you do that you can have a certain sense of stability so if you even if you have you know maybe an older child or you have pets and stuff like that that's easier to handle when you have like again when when you're still can be somewhat domestic you can go to familiar places if you need to if if you know if, if emergencies crop up and stuff like that what i think this is interesting is when i'm looking at the terms of these it's like a year you know estonia is like six months i, I feel like a lot of that is to tr- try and attract maybe not estonia's case but like a lot of the snowbird audience where maybe i am a, someone that's driving around my airstream and i'm going through the you know uh you know, just driving around and i'm going through route 66 or whatever and then oh the weather's getting cold you know what i can park that somewhere i can put in storage and i can take off and spend six months in Thailand, that doesn't sound like the uh, the worst way to spend my digital. Well, you could you could do the summer in Estonia and the yeah, winter in true. Thailand, you know, that's true. or Malaysia. Or, yeah, I love that musical. That's so good. <laughs> the old song, "Summer in Estonia." <laughs> Winter in Indonesia. Uh, well, folks, uh, I'm going to try to get Jen Briney back on the show. Uh, Roger's going to talk to her and and get some of her tips and tricks for being a digital nomad. Because when you're a digital nomad, you don't have the home base anymore. Mm-hmm. You you are on the road like that continuously. So uh, look for that in the coming weeks. And if you have a thought about anything we talk about on the show, uh, here is our email address. Send it to us. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. As we move closer to the start of the holiday shopping season, it just kind of fades in over time. Uh, you might be wanting to know what to get for the gamer on your list or, or maybe what to ask for if you are a gamer, because it can be tricky. I, there, there are games, of course, but you may get those for yourself or uh, so many of them are digital. Maybe you're like, I don't want to buy them a disc. They don't use that anymore. You don't want to get them the wrong game. Uh, Trisha, you not only play scores of games for your Twitch stream, but you also have lots of hands on time with a lot of gaming hardware besides games what are some good gamer gift ideas oh i'm so glad you asked i mean this is exactly what you were saying of do i get them the right game do they already have this game what if they don't like this genre of game so my probably top level that i always suggest for people because it's under that 50 dollars price point where it's a sweet spot for gaming stuff is game pass if you are buying for someone who is a pc or xbox gamer Game Pass and Game Pass for PC and Game Pass Ultimate, which is the hybrid of the two, so you get to play games on uh, cloud games, Xbox games, or PC games, Game Pass Ultimate, you can get a three-month Game Pass Ultimate for about $45. It comes on a little card, so you actually have something to put in the stocking if you're looking for a stocking stuffer. Mm. Um, But it's so nice because then you're giving three months of a full library of games that the person you're gifting it to can choose between. So you don't have to worry about what they already have in their collection. You don't it's have like to worry about what a gift types of genres they play. It's like it's getting awesome. a gift card for them, but without them having to go do the gift card part, right? It's actually appreciated. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to do the gift card part, and it's like a gift card for a. It's essentially like a three month library card for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different games that they can just at their will for that next three months do as they please. So that's a fantastic kind of good for everybody who's a PC or Xbox gamer. Um, also, if you're looking for some hardware and you're shopping for someone that is a mobile gamer, the Backbone 
or the Razer Kishi are both devices that do this. So it's a device that stretches so that you get almost Joy-Con-like sides to your mobile device. So you can play your mobile games, you can play your cloud-based games that you're streaming or whatnot with a full handheld set. And it thereby turns your phone into a Switch-like device. So for mobile gamers, that's absolutely awesome. They'll feature things like uh, charge pass-through, um, and they make them for both iOS and Android. So just make sure if you're shopping those, you know what the gift recipient mm. uses as their preferred mobile operating system. That's a good one to think of. Um, and then if you're thinking of controllers, again, you know, it, whether you're a PC gamer, an Xbox contro- uh, gamer, or a PlayStation gamer, I have something for everybody. I always like to recommend, because it's tried and true and everybody loves it, but for the PC gamer in your life, the Logitech G502, I have the Lightspeed Wireless. That's what I use on my streaming PC, and it's really nice. Um, but it's a wireless controller that's very, very well rated. Logitech is like the go-to for uh, competitive gameplay on PC, as well as the G502. I don't. I, I mean, Tom. I don't know if you've reviewed this over yours, but the G502 has been like. The trusted five out of five star review gaming mouse, I feel like, for the yeah, past it's, decade. It's, it's like the C920 of gaming mice, right? Like <laughs> that is, that is an excellent that just way. never goes out of style. 100%, yes. And I like the wireless. It's really fast, no latency, and it, you know, cleans up my desk space. Plus, if you forget to charge it, you need to charge it. It plugs in during uh, right in the top, and then you can just use it as a wired mouse while it's charging. So it's not like you, oh, I forgot to charge it, now I'm done. Um, for the Xbox gamers out there, the Elite Series 2 is an amazing controller. Um, and for the PlayStation gamers out there, the new Dual Senses for the PS5 come in a variety of different Ooh. colors. And they're so pretty. Uh, and so fun. And if you have not used a DualSense controller yet, the, I, it's very hard for me to describe how different the haptics are on a DualSense and how it feels in the hand. Um, it, it's, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of have to feel it to believe it, if you will. But it is leaps and bounds different than any other haptics in controllers, I felt. So those are all great um, I'm trying. I'm trying to move a little quick because I know that we only have so much time. And there's in so the much show. good stuff. Yeah, but yeah. there's so much good stuff. If you're into headsets, my best gift under a hundred dollar headset is usually uh, really anything from the HyperX Cloud Gaming headset line. These are so good. That's the Cloud 2 uh, that we're taking a look at there. But these are almost always priced under $100, even more so if you can find them on sale. And they're lightweight. They're comfortable. They have excellent sound quality, and they're very reliable. So I always recommend those. If you're looking for more of a luxury headset and you have a digital nomad that games maybe that you're shopping for, the Alienware 920H headset that uh, I'm wearing right now, actually, um, is a tri-mode connectivity headset. So it connects over... Wireless, it connects over Bluetooth, and it can uh, wired connect either via USB-C or 3.5 millimeter. So your connectivity options are not only very varied, but for example, I like to keep the wireless dongle at home on my battle station. So when I'm here gaming, it connects very easily to my PC, but I'll connect to my laptop via Bluetooth, or I can easily plug into my Switch via wired. So it, it works in a variety of situations without me having to do a lot to switch in between the two, which is awesome. And then another one that's kind of as, as universal or even more so than Game Pass Ultimate is more storage. 
<laughs> Every gamer out there needs more storage all the time, especially if you're trying to create gaming clips or content from your games. More storage is absolutely key. So whether it's an SD card or a micro SD card for something like the Nintendo Switch, whether it's a little portable SSD that you can plug into your PlayStation or Xbox, or whether it's M.2 that you can install internal on your next-gen consoles or in your PC. These are so important to have. Uh, the one caveat I will get if you are gifting this to someone thinking, oh, man, my uh, my you know cousin has a PS5 and I want to get them more storage for their PS5. For the next-gen consoles, Xbox Series X and PS5, if you get them an external SSD, chances are real good that they'll be able to save their games and uh, run their previous gen games off of the external SSD, but they'll need to transfer that game file back onto the console's internal storage mm. to run the game off of it. Yeah. So that's that's a reason that you might want to consider an M.2 that can be installed internally if you're shopping next-gen consoles only. But really, more storage is a gift that everyone can appreciate because it's the worst when you get a new game and you have to uninstall a favorite that you hadn't finished yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The new one. It's the worst. The worst. It's the worst. So, uh, I, Is there anything I missed that's on your list, gentlemen, that you're like, this is what I need for my gamer heart this holiday season? Uh, the one, so the one thing I would say, just real quick, is we've seen a lot of like cloud streaming uh, uh, stuff announced. I know Logitech announced their own. Is that mm-hmm. no go, or is that I need to know the audience before you do something like that? Uh, if your audience or the person you're buying for has fast, reliable internet service, <laughs> then cloud gaming could be an excellent okay. choice for them. But is heavily reliant on your internet. And, and I would think you'd still need to know what games work for them. Too, right? Oh, a lot. I mean, the library of games you can use yeah. between GeForce Now and uh, Xbox uh, Game Pass Cloud Gaming. It, there's so many games now that I really feel like you'll find a genre for everyone, but it doesn't work awesome in every area. If you're in an area mm-hmm. and you have that high-speed, reliable internet, then it's really cool, and that's where the Backbone and the Razer Kishi come in for your phone. And if you love that and want to upgrade that, then go for that Logitech G Cloud. Yeah. Handheld. I like that. I love Game Pass Ultimate as like an easy gift if anybody's in Xbox and PC. And I love the stealth of being able to ask your your PS5 or PS, uh, yeah, your PS5 uh, <laughs> gift recipient, uh, what's your favorite color? I have no clue. I have no clue what you're getting. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. All right. Well, May 16th, 2020 was still for many of us the height of COVID-19 related lockdown. So probably not a lot of fond memories when we're looking back, you know, at our uh, Google photos and that kind of stuff. But it turned out to be a pretty fun day for the U.S. Space Force. It launched its unmanned X-37B space plane on that date. And over the weekend, 908 days later, it landed successfully at NASA's Kennedy Space Center, making it the longest and its sixth overall mission. The X-37B first started flying in 2010. We don't know much about its overall purpose since then. What we do know about this current mission is that it deployed the Falcon Sat-8 satellite. It also carried equipment to test converting solar energy to microwaves to transmit back to the ground, which sounds awesome, and experiments to test space exposure on seeds for future interplanetary missions. Yes, space seeds. The space plane last landed in 2019 after a 780-day mission, a mere 780 days. I mean, I know this isn't the first, uh, and and it's not even the first time they've gone more than a year, but just the idea that they're they're sending these, these solar planes for years without anyone on board, and they just fly <laughs> around the Earth, you know, that's... 
It's pretty impressive when you think about it. Yeah, just yeah someone's space di- is cool. Just someone's job for like two years was like, is the space plane still up? All right, yeah, we're, we're good. All right. <laughs> That's yeah. it's like that idea. Pat and Kelly just sitting there <laughs> trading off shifts. You know, <laughs> space plane still up? Yep. All right, your turn. Yep. Watch right. the next twelve hours. Nope. Uh, two yeah. years. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, you know who else is amazing? Trisha Hershberger. Thank you so much. That was incredible. What a great rundown of info for folks. Thank you for doing that. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. I, you know I'm very passionate about gaming hardware, so I can talk about that all day, anytime. Where should folks go if they want more Trisha in their life, which they should? Oh, man. Well, if folks want to follow me on all the socials, it's at that girl Trish with no I in the girl. So just that GRL Trish, um, except for on Twitch and YouTube where it's Trisha Hirschberger. And uh, on Twitch, I do an indie game showcase every Tuesday and I'm pretty much streaming four to five days a week every week. So come on by and say hi. Fantastic. Thanks again. Well, thank Trish. you, Trisha. And thanks to Chris Taylor, who is one of our top lifetime supporters for DTNS. Thanks for all your years of support, Chris. Truly appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. All right. And patrons, remember, stick around for the extended show, Good Day Internet. It's getting started in just like a couple of seconds. You don't have to stick around that long. You can catch the show live Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 2100 UTC. Find out more, dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. We'll be back tomorrow talking about MediaTek's latest chip announcements with Shannon Morse. See you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.